Hey there, it's Christine Nielsen with Contrast Coaching and Consulting, uh, Coach C, and we are doing this special podcast today in Toronto, and we have a special HR guest with us, Jose Laroque Patton. Do you like my French? She has a fancy name. Uh, Jose is a colleague of ours. She actually works as an independent contractor with contrast coaching and consulting when we need a specialist in the area of HR. She's an HR coach and she specializes in helping entrepreneurs and small businesses grow their businesses effectively and powerfully using tools of HR. Now, if you're an entrepreneur and you're listening to this or you're a small business owner, this may be an area where you are struggling, where you have had, you know, you've hired people and they haven't turned out, or you, you actually know you need to hire people, but you really don't even know where to start to hire people, or you've been doing everything yourself and you're finding that you just can't scale your business or get your ideas off the ground. So Jose is here to talk to us today about some effective ways in which entrepreneurs can really use the strategies of HR and not only attract the right kind of talent, but how to get the right kind of talent and what some of the pitfalls of not using strategic um, tools to get that talent into your business. So I just, how, how about you say a little bit about yourself, Jose? Welcome again to the show. Thank you, Christine. Uh, bonjour tout le monde. Uh, yeah, so today I just wanted to, I guess, talk about human resources and the importance um, of my field. I've been in human resource since about 2001. Uh, and helping small businesses, corporate businesses, truly find the best way to keep their employees engaged. Uh, we spend so much time at work compared to at home, so I think it's important to love what you do uh, and come into work every day having a really positive environment. So with respect to looking into hiring new people, I think the most important thing is to really determine your needs. That would be your first thing. Yes. Try to find out how many people that you would want in your future. So it doesn't have to be a need as of today, um, but where you're going to grow. What is your 30, 60, 90 day plan? What is your two year plan, your five year plan? And sort of determine a tree um, of where you want to go and then see if you can plug people into that tree. I find often, that's great. Thank you, Jose. I, I find often as an entrepreneur, you're so busy with your head down in your business. You're so busy working on, you know, all the fires that come at you and the craziness of every day, like getting the marketing and getting the branding and more sales and more of this and doing that. And you're basically doing it all, right? And sometimes we don't take a look at, you know, the tools and processes that are really important to make strategic decisions in our business. And I think HR is one of those things that gets overlooked by entrepreneurs. What are your thoughts on that? And why is it important? I actually agree with you more than you know. Um, one of the number one things that people call me about is trouble with employees. And we seem to be a society where we hire people just to fill a body in a seat because mm -hmm. we're so desperate. But we don't realize that when we do that, it's detrimental to our company. You know, we have to stay true to our values and our mission statement. And if you can't find someone who's going to be an ambassador to your brand, you should run short. You should wait until you can fill someone who truly wants to be in that role and is going to drive your company and your vision just like you would as if you're the CEO. What happens when you think you found that person that is that brand ambassador and they do really great in an interview and they're really excited and the energy goes up and the conversation's explosive and you're like, oh my gosh, I found like a partner here. I found someone who's going to really stand for my company. And then they don't deliver <laughs> what 
you thought they could deliver. I mean, I know that if you're listening to this podcast, I know that's probably happened to you. It's happened to me. It's probably the biggest thing that I beat my head against the wall for. It's like, wow, what happened? That person was so great at an interview and then they fell completely short. Is it the way I interview people? What is it? Tell me, help me. <laughs> um, I think we would call it in HR the honeymoon phase. You know, the honeymoon phase, everything is beautiful. All we see are flowers and roses and, you know, and then we'll see someone who just may not have been the right fit. And I don't think that it's any particular thing. I think sometimes even the applicant may have thought it was the right fit for them. And then they've realized that it doesn't fit with their schedule. Or maybe it's the company that just doesn't match with their own values. But people are nervous to have that difficult conversation with someone. So when you get to that point, you really need to look at those signs from the get-go so that you don't get into hot water. But if you do, that's where you call us, any of your HR representatives. Okay, so let's talk about that. So let's talk about how we might get into hot water. So before we get into hot water, I think we should talk about how do we get them in the door. Like, let's talk about how we recruit people, and then we can talk about how we get out of the hot water or into the hot water. <laughs> There's always hot water to be had somewhere, and especially in Jose's world. She's rescuing a lot of things here. I think that's why it's HRICU, yeah? <laughs> so... Uh, let's talk about what are some really good recruiting practices that entrepreneurs or business owners can use? What would you recommend to attract the right talent that would be consistent with that company vision and the culture that that, that company has set for themselves? Great. Well, I think it's part of your one of your podcasts that you did is about your vision. You really need to determine what is your company brand? What is the vision? What is the mission statement that you stand for? And any time that you are looking to hire, you need to find people that fit into that mission statement and that vision. So you need to predetermine what are your interview questions. Where are you going to start finding applicants? You know, we don't post jobs on Facebook, for example. So you need to get to know where your audience is. In Canada, for example, you will post on either LinkedIn, Monster, Indeed, you know, some of the common ones. Mm -hmm. um, but you can also just post on your own website. There are some companies that will not go to social media. They will just post on their own website. Yeah. And some companies still love to post something in the window when, you know, they'll have a little sign in the window and say, we're hiring for this position in this position. So it really is going to be. I haven't seen that in a really long time. <laughs> Maybe I should I drive have. up and down Young Street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really depends. Right. I think one thing that I've learned over the years is look at your 20 kilometer radius that is around you. People do not want to waste time driving to yes. and from work nowadays. So if you're looking for a role that is just a basic entry level, even a part-time, sometimes even just a basic full-time role, not a major set of expertise, right? You can find people, I feel very confident, you can find people within your 20 to 30 kilometer radius, somewhere that it can take a 15-minute walk to work or a 10-minute bike ride, that type of thing. People want to be able to do that, right? So once you've exhausted that, then you also have a lot of recruiting agencies available. You know, yes, they do cost a bit of money, but it's worth it. It's worth mm -hmm. it. They do a lot of legwork for you, right? Or there's even a lot of um, electronic sites, um, technology that can help you just filter through yeah. resumes. So you can do that too, depending on what your need is. If you're only hiring for one or two people, you may be able to do that yourself. Yeah. One of the, it, it's great. Thank you. Because all great suggestions. One of the strategies for, for my own company, I happen to have an office at WeWork and right. they have an internal, there's like a network of people that are looking for not only jobs, but also 
contract jobs. So they may want to be an employee or they may want to be an independent contractor. So that's a really important distinction in the world of HR, the difference between an employee and having an independent contractor. When is the best time to hire independent contractor? And when do you suggest an employee versus an independent contractor? Can you tell us a little bit about the difference? Yeah, of course. So depending on your laws, the province that you're in, so mainly in Canada, an independent contractor, if you want to label them an independent contractor, they cannot solely just work for you. They also have to have other clients. Otherwise, you are giving that person the ability to go to your ministry and complain and say that they're actually an employee. So if you want someone to be working for you full-time and not working for another company, then you should hire them as an employee. And then there should be employee benefits, of course. Right. I mean, you want retention. You want people to be happy. You can give them a discount. You can give them vacation days, sick time. You know, we have personal emergency days now that you have to follow according to the ministry. You know, so there's a lot of different ways that you can do to attract an employee. A contractor should be for a temporary time. So maybe someone's going on a mat leave or perhaps a sick leave or a seasonal type of business. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a start date and an end date. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to manage contracts that way as opposed to indefinite. Yes. Right? Yeah, it makes sense. Indefinite. And plus it's not nice. You know, you don't want to be renewing someone's contract over and over and over, but then they're not getting the benefits of right. an employee. So know? many companies do it that way. Right. And, you know, in my, you know, it it's either you're not really valuing what they have on offer, right? right? But some people don't want that employee status. Some people want the benefit of having their own small company so because there's fiscal ability for them to take, you know, write some of those things off if they have more than one client, for instance. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's totally fine. And they can be a contractor, Mm -hmm. but they will not just have one business as their employer. They'll have different clients. Yeah, very important distinction. There's different clients, right? And then... As an independent contractor, you have your own business name. You've got your own registration name for CRA. Usually, you're going to have your own HST number. And, of course, you'll also have your WSIB number. So, Ugh. you know, you can save yourself that way as well because it costs a lot of money to have it employees does. and pay for those fees. Right? It does. Mm-hmm. It really does. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's talk about that hot water now. So <laughs> what happens when you find yourself in a situation where it's not working out and it's time to let an employee go? Are there best practices for, I know there's best practices for hiring. You know, we do say hire slow, fire fast. So, (laughs) right. So uh, what would you say would be some of the best hiring practices and firing practices? Like what are some of your tips on that? Um, Well, with respect to hiring practices, it's definitely what you said, hire slow, right? You need to make sure that you're finding a right fit for someone. Doing one interview is not enough. Mm-hmm. You could do a panel, you could do group interviews, um, or you could have a different um, series of interviews, so level one, level two. So maybe an entry-level person in your company could do the initial interview, just iron, um, uh, sorry, ironing things out, trying to decide if someone is the right fit for the company. And then if they are, they get to move to the second level, which perhaps is a middle manager. You know, so then you really have different people's point of views as well for the hiring practices. Um, if you're growing fast, you could do the group interviews. You could even do group onboarding. Now, with respect to terminations or when someone is not working out, you also have to assess your laws. Are you within your probationary period? Mm. Are you provincially legislated or federally legislated? So probation will change from 90 days to six months. It depends on your company. 
you know, and you have to follow the ministry. You really have to follow the law. You want to do what's right for your business, but you have to care. You really have to also do what's mm -hmm. right for the employee. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that because let's say somebody's not working out and it becomes fairly apparent to you. What kinds of things do you do? Do you put them in like coaching? What do you do to try and actually get that employee? Do you do anything? You know, if it's obvious to you, do you actually put the energy and the resources into trying to salvage the employee and trying to make that better? Or do you know when to, how do you know when to cut your losses? Because right. that's a tough one, right? Sometimes an employee that may occur like a, uh, they don't get it or they're not quite working as hard as you'd like them to, you remove a barrier that might be getting in their way personally or some confidence issues and all of a sudden they blossom. Mm -hmm. But if you had given up on that person, they wouldn't have had that opportunity to blossom. When do you, you know, and there's probably not one answer to this, but <laughs> <laughs> as I ask the question. Um, HR is definitely not black and white. There's a lot of gray. People aren't. Right. <laughs> so w I certainly wouldn't be able to use one example mm -hmm. for any type of situation. But generally, you want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, you really want to coach and mentor. Before you decide to cut someone loose, you want to coach and mentor. You want to make sure you're setting up that person for success. And if you have not done your due diligence as a leader and given that person enough time and enough coaching, then it's not fair to cut them loose because mm -hmm. you also have not done your job as that leader, right? Mm -hmm. But if you've actually feel that you've gotten to that point and you've you know, given them 50, 60%, then the employee also has to meet you halfway. There's mm -hmm. got to be that relationship, you know, comfort zone. Uh, and, and if it gets to the point where someone is just not a right fit, then yeah, I would say call your HR representative. Just don't terminate on the spot. Don't get upset. You know, you, you, there's yeah. a lot of, you know, check marks that you have to click off when you are terminating someone. And it's not like the olden days just saying you're fired and you're out. Oh, we can't Donald Trump them? <laughs> you're fired. You fired too. And you and you and you. So it really doesn't work like that here in Canada. Not anymore. So what no. is a good firing practice? You know you have to let somebody go. And it's a tough conversation because often emotions are high. You're either really upset or you feel really bad. Right? right, or a bit of both. You yeah. may also be angry and feel bad at the same time. Yep. So as an employer, um, what are the best practices to do that? You need to have done your due diligence. You want to make sure that ahead of time you have checked all of your I's dotted, all your T's, etc. You want to make sure that you are 100% accurate that this person is no longer right fit. Right. Once you have, you need the paperwork. You need that evidence and you need the appropriate paperwork. Okay. You need legal termination letters. You just can't have a verbal conversation with so someone. So you need to call a lawyer and um, have a... Or an HR representative. Okay. Yeah. And most HR uh, representatives that I'm working with, most of their documents they've had have already been approved by legal. So they're very in tune to the language that should be on an actual termination letter. Okay. Um, if it's a really high profile case, yes, then maybe you will need to get a lawyer involved. Right. Again, HR is not black and white. It's going to depend on the situation. Right. Okay, very good. And are there, you mentioned to me once when we were passing, never never fire on a Friday. Right. Friday, Tell us Saturday more about that. Um, never would be a strong word, okay. but highly not recommended. Uh, an employee doesn't have an opportunity or has a much smaller opportunity to exercise their rights to contact the Ministry of Labor. Right? Ministry of Labor is a governmental uh, entity. It works they work eight to four. Yep. <laughs> Sometimes yep. nine to five. Nine to, nine to two. <laughs> um, so when someone does get terminated, if they want to call the Ministry of Labor, you know, and it's a Friday afternoon, 
their chance of getting in contact with someone or having some type of resolution or even opening up a case file with a ministry officer is a lot slimmer. Mm -hmm. So the only time I would recommend to terminate on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday is because there's a threat to the business. Even at that, usually we may recommend a suspension until you can actually move forward and make sure that all of your investigation is completed. And again, if it's not a rush, if it's not a detriment to the business, you don't have to do it right now. Right. Okay. So, and I think the other point you also made is um, do it when people have that opportunity, but that you also have the opportunity to step back and make sure it's the right thing to do rather than being doing it in the heat of the moment and maybe making a mistake. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's probably times where people either, you know, either resign or they quit or they get fired. And really, it could have been a, an avoidable misperception of something that happened. It happens every day. You know, it's just a misunderstanding. Somebody thought one thing, the other thing happened, and two people have different perceptions, and somewhere in the middle is the truth. Yes. So, and that happens with a lot of employees, right? They sh you said the honeymoon phase, and they, sh they start out as like the shiny new penny, and everybody's yeah. really excited. And then pretty soon, like our true colors come through, and we get, you know, we get disenchanted with each other as human beings. Mm -hmm. That's no different than any relationship, whether it's an employee and employer relationship, partnership relationship, you know, it's the same kind of experience as a coach. My, our job and you know, what we do really well is helping people bridge that communication gap, helping people understand, you know, what are some of those values that you really saw in that person that you want to continue to recreate? Mm -hmm. And how do you really attract people to wanting to stay in your company as well as I think we owe it to ourselves because it's very expensive to terminate employees. Mm -hmm. It's training costs, it's time, it's there's intellectual property that just walked out the door. Mm -hmm. You know, you really want to think about that. And so hire slow, fire fast-ish, Make sure you've given them the opportunity and you're not just, you know, oh, this isn't working and you're not being a knee-jerk reaction. So I really, um, anything else about, I'm, I'm curious if there's anything else that an entrepreneur needs to know in terms of, you know, what are some best HR practices and policies that we all forget, that we might not put in place, that we overlook? So anything inside of that that you want to talk to? Communication. Hmm. Um, I think we've also become a society where we're so focused on instant gratification Yeah. and what can I do now, 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 and we all feel rushed. Um, we're texting, we're emailing each other. When We email and text each <laughs> other the same thing. <laughs> and we forget just to have a conversation. Yeah. And whether that is about our onboarding practices, our mission, what the tasks that someone has to do, or if someone, if you're not feeling right about someone and you're wondering why, just have a face-to-face -face conversation. Yeah. A lot of things can be ironed out with people if you just have a conversation. I agree 100%. Everything can get changed and, and moved forward in a conversation. Yep. Communication is key. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. I really appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, Jose. Thank you so much. And uh, I know we'll be talking to you again because we have lots of work to do together. <laughs> Thank you so <laughs> Take much, care. Christine. Bye, everyone. Au revoir.